This is the None of Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robert DeLude, and it is my mission to bring you inspiring stories from entrepreneurs, businessmen, and women, students, coaches, or anyone else who is crushing it in life and doing kick-ass things. We all go through struggles. It doesn't matter what our background is, but we can overcome them. And I'm going to show you how. Thank you for joining me today. Now let the show begin. And this is the None of Your Business Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today, guys. It's Friday morning. And today I have a special guest, Angela Marshall, an ex-NFL wife, a motivational speaker, a professional writer, a best-selling author. She's a business owner, in other words, by Stone, also known as Author Stone. Angela is an Augusta, Georgia native. She is an, an entrepreneur, a positive words powerhouse that utilizes her personal life experiences and struggles, strength and success to captivate audiences and readers abroad. She, her energy is such, it's amazing. Like her, she's just so positive and loving. Um, this one was truly, truly an honor. You know, uh, she says that she's indebted to me and the other podcasters, but Honestly, I'm indebted to her. You know, she has taught me so much. She, we talk about the the success of the NFL life and the stigma that it has. We talk about uh, her life after the NFL life and creating her own life. Um, she is just an amazing woman. So, I'm doing an injustice of this intro. No, hands down, I'm doing it injustice. It's just this episode's too good. So I hope you guys enjoy. And if you could do me a favor, add both of us on Instagram. Angela is in other words by Stone, and I'm at Robert Delude. So if you could take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and tag me and her on it on Instagram. And also do hashtag inspiration because you guys are hashtag inspiration nation. So be sure you do hashtag inspiration nation. Tag both of us. Go rate and review this episode on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, please. And also stay to the very end because there is a very special offer uh, by Tyler Michael Chauncey. So make sure you stay till the very end and get the details about that and add Tyler Michael Chauncey on Instagram as well. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This is so amazing. Like, I'm just excited. I'm super excited. So I'm going to stop this and let you guys enjoy. Two three and we are on so angela welcome so who are you what do you do hey i am angela marshall i am a woman who is on a global mission to celebrate illuminate motivate and liberate others as i am liberated basically i have a platform the story and life of an ex-nfl wife and we are taking the world by storm. I'm just talking about my ups and downs, trials, tribulations, triumphs, struggles to strength where I've turned certain stumbling blocks during that period in my life into stepping stones. And it's helping others also just from a, a different perspective. Because when you think about NFL life or you think about celebrity, supposed celebrity, you know, a lot, I think a lot of times people forget that we're human too. Mm-hmm. We have emotions, we have feelings, we have problems, we have issues just like everyone else. So I'm just, you know, stepping forward and walking in my truth. I'm prospering in my truth. I'm, you know, just really learning and continuing to evolve in my truth. So that's who Angela Marshall is. And thank you for having me on your podcast. I, you know, it's funny because the name, none of your business, and then I'm on your show telling all my business. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> Exactly. Um, love it. Well, I, it's an honor to have you on. This is amazing. 
Um, thank, thank you, you for much. taking time out of your day to be here. So what made you get into doing what you're doing? Why? What's your why? Basically, uh, for quite some time, I've had people just assess what they thought my life has been like, even not just from an NFL perspective, from the story and life of an NFL, but just in general, growing up, you know, we're like surrounded or we're living in a world of stereotype and misperception, misconception about a lot of things. And I've pretty much been mislabeled. I've been, you know, just, uh, uh, I guess, I've been given this persona that is so not me. Mm, a lot of it is so not me. Some of it is dead on, but a lot of it is so not me. Okay. So I've had, I've had quite a few people try to assess this lifestyle of, I bet your life was like this, this, and that. Well, I just wanted to set the record straight. So that's why I wrote the book, The Story and Life of an Ex-NFL Wife. I honestly did not think that it was going to open up for me to be able to speak and talk about my journey in my life. I figured I'd write the book, pin the book, put it in stores, people be able to download it, and I would just stay in the background. But as you can see, I was built for the forefront. So <laughs> it wasn't really that difficult for me to just come out and talk about it because, mm -hmm. you know, it's healing people, it's helping people. And then in turn, it's helping me also because I promise you, Robert, every interview that I do, every, you know, uh, opp opportunity that I'm afforded to speak to organizations about my life or just do forums, I'm, I feel so liberated. You know, because I think we, as people, as humans, for so long, we're programmed to talk like this, walk like this, be this way, like this. But once you start peeling those masks and those layers off and you become who you were truly created to be, it's an amazing feeling. I will wow. never go back. Love it. <laughs> so you said that, you know, being the ex-NFL wife and being a quote unquote celebrity like why do you think people put you in this box and just assume your identity well you know i think other tones or bars or standards were set prior to me and you know i guess that's like with anything you get one person who sets the tone initially or sets the bar and everybody figures that you're going to measure up measure mm -hmm. under measure within that bar and to a certain extent, you know, that, that may be the case, but you know, we're all different and we're all unique and we're all rare. So a lot of that, uh, you know, is what makes me want to really come out and just tell my truth because, you know, I'm not denouncing NFL. I'm not throwing NFL wives under the bus. Matter of fact, it's not even about wives, W-I-V-E-S, it's wife. You know, I have to throw that disclaimer out there because I have had people that are sick. Well, you don't speak for all wives. No, I don't. That's why it's called the story and life of an ex-NFL wife for me. But being categorized as this wife and girlfriend or as they term it in the world, wag, it's, you know, again, we are labeled according to, I guess, what we wear, what we drive, what society thinks, um, you know, how society thinks that we should be. And in a lot of ways, those characteristics are true, but then there are those other things that make us, you know, very unique, make us very rare. And those are the things that I think people should really, you know, try to get to know about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, I like it. You know, people, people get judged all the time mm -hmm. just because, you know, you have a fancy car or if you're related to something, whatever, it doesn't matter. We get judged. So I think that's really cool that you're going on and you're speaking your truth. Yeah, absolutely. I just didn't want anyone to think that, you know, this life was without uh, problems because to me, if there's a problem, there's a resolution or there mm -hmm. should be. And so, you know, I don't really focus on like telling people that I went through the stress, the anxiety, depression, being suicidal. I don't want that to be the focal point. I want the focal point to be what I did to overcome those things. You know, because uh, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah, that, that doesn't inspire you for me to tell you, oh, well, I was once suicidal and you, you know, you may be suicidal. Okay, well, what did you do, Angela, to overcome? How did mm -hmm. you, you know, how did you turn that stumbling block into a stepping stone? So that's my goal and that's my mission is just to give as much truth and information as possible to help people just really be free, you know? Yeah, no, I, I get it. There's, that's exactly why I started this podcast. Um exact same reason we all go through struggles it doesn't matter what our background is but we can overcome them that's right, and, that's right. you know your 
your path of success and your struggle could be somebody else's path to success just by telling your story. And you either have to heal first to get there, but either way, it's telling your story. That is correct. That I, is you know, correct. I love it. So, you know, when you talk about being suicidal, like what was, you know, the most like worst time in that time period of being depressed? Like what was the, like, did you ever stick a gun in your mouth? Were you just thinking thoughts? Like what was the worst? So really the thoughts of not being, not feeling of value, not mm -hmm. feeling worthy, just feeling useless to my family, to my husband at the time, to, my, to our two children. You know, I just felt like I had no place. Like I really should not be taking up space and oxygen. So those thoughts over and over again, over and over again, that festered into my mind, that fostered the, um, you know, for me to contemplate even taking my life, you know, I was uh, having like these bad, I used to have really, really bad headaches a lot, migraines. And so I had pain pills. And, you know, this one day I actually was, I had already put it in my brain that this is what I'm going to do. It'll be easier for everybody. But my daughter, uh, our daughter actually saved me. Um, you know, she didn't know what I was contemplating, but just her coming in and us having a small little three minute conversation. It just, it helped me. Like it, it stopped my heart from the hurt that it was feeling and I didn't go through with it. But no, you know, I, it wasn't like I was, you know, um, walking around suicidal the entire time. I had to clarify that with another, uh, with another interviewer. It wasn't like my life was just so bad and so hard. I honestly, Robert, I honestly don't know when it turned so down for me to even contemplate or for me to just, you know, act on those thoughts. I don't really know. But what I do know now is that the good piece about it is, is that I can talk about it and talk others through that maybe, you know, on that same ledge or maybe, you know, on that same journey at this particular time. And that, and that's to me, to be able to use my testimony of any sort. That's why I'm an open book. People ask me things and sometimes they're shocked by my answer, by my answers, but I'm like, I'm human. I'm flesh. I've made mistakes. I'm going to continue to make mistakes. You know, but for me, being suicidal, it was just me just really, really not feeling that I mattered. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Not feeling good enough, not being good enough. Um, that's something that I have struggled my entire life. Uh, back in 2018, um, I tried to kill me and my fiance at the time. And uh, then she got arrested and because she was absconding from probation. Um, and then I couldn't get her out of jail. So I took $500 and I just went and bought as much heroin as possible and stuck it on my arm. And then I purposely tried to overdose because I was trying to make my happiness through somebody else. Um, and then, you know, getting out of the hospital, I woke up in the hospital like four days later, four days later, had no idea what would happen. They told me I almost died from a drug overdose and I ripped the needle out of my arm, get dressed and went and got high again. Like, wow. because I didn't feel good enough. I just, right. It was always seeking to feel good enough. That person's going to make me feel good enough. Well, see, so, that's what the world does. The world makes us think we're programmed that things and other people fill our voice or they make you happy. They, they give you peace. They give you joy. They give you love. But that's not the case. You really have to be true inwardly and, you know, inside before you can even love anybody else, before you can have peace, before you can have joy, you know, with anybody else. And so it's just... Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think, how do they, how do they coin it? Um, the abnormal becoming normal. So what we actually think about things is always usually the reverse. So yeah, I, I just, you know, and it's not that I wanted the NFL or my husband or my children to provide this happiness for me. Honestly, I was just lost. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know when it turned. I really don't because I didn't grow up that way. I grew up very confident, very, you know, with a lot of, of um hugs and love and just you know uh a lot of affirmations or or confirmations that i was that i was good that i was good enough i don't know when it turned i guess just society over time you know and friends and friends and friends and peer pressure and societal pr um, pressures i guess it just kind of you know over time it just wore me down a little bit and and thank god though i didn't get too 
you know, I didn't get too low with it. And I was able to, um, I was able to turn it and turn it into an amazing platform and an amazing story that is now helping others to heal around the world. Love it. Love it. So when did you start uh, to go through, when did you start, when did you write your book? So the book was written, actually, I w- has, I have been journaling for some time. Okay. So the book was basically already written. I just had to go in and kind of tweak certain things once I decided to put my life in book form. But I published the book with the help of an amazing editor and publish, um, publishing company in 2017. And it is actually Reality to Rags to Riches, the story and life of an ex-NFL wife. But I just... I was tired of this persona of people classifying me to be this, that, or that, you know? And so I just wanted to just put my own story out there. But you know what's unique or or what's crazy about it is even though I've done that, I still have people that will try to dispute the book. (laughs) They're trying to like, they're trying to, you know, twist my words or say, well, no, there's no way you could have felt like that or there's no way you you know, you did this or you went through that. And I'm like, "Eh, it's an autobiography. It's, you know, me really telling about my story and my truth. Like, how do you dispute somebody else's truth? I have no idea, but it's being done. (laughs) Yeah. There's always that one person. There's always many people. (laughs) Yes. Yes. For sure. Unfortunately that happens. Yes. So since you've been on this journey, like what has been the most like significant thing that you've received? The mo- Ooh. I have a nine year old grandson. His name is Dion Murray. Hi Dion. Um, he is like the toughest, most confident, sure little person in this entire world. And I had the privilege to speak to his after school program, I think about a year ago or so. So he was probably eight at that time. And I'm talking about this is a kid who he's short step in stature, but you know, he doesn't take too kindly to being bullied and thing and, and whatnot. Like you're not going to change his perception about him. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adore that. But I had an opportunity to speak to his school. And after it, and this is his, you know, a person who his attention span is very short. And I spoke maybe about 15 to 18 minutes and then kind of interacted with the children after that. But it was just something about the moment when I got done and he ran up to me, put his arms around me so tightly. And he was like, Nunu, because that's what they call me. He's like, Nunu, you spoke very well. I love you. Thank you. And just from that, I guess that is, and I know a lot of people will probably say, well, you know, you spoke at Essence Festival, you've done this, you've done that, you've met this person, you've been on this show, you've been on that show, and all of you all show is amazing to me. I mean, everything, you know, I'm, I'm definitely indebted. I feel honored and humble. But at that moment, from that nine-year-old or then eight-year-old, it was like, I don't know, it was like validation for my life or for my journey or for my testimony. So that small piece right there with him letting me know that, you know, hey, you you have value. You do matter. Your journey, your path, what you're doing is is actually positively um, impacting. If you can impact, come on, if you can impact a nine-year-old or eight-year-old, that's pretty huge. That's pretty big because, you know, their brains are everywhere. Oh, yeah. But, I, yeah, I just felt, I, I mean, at that moment, he made me feel invincible, if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. It does. That's I, awesome. I, I felt like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's really amazing. And especially, you know, from your, your grandson, that's, that's yes. awesome. Yes. So that was a great moment for me. Awesome. So, <clears throat> you know, being in the NFL life and then transitioning out of that, was that difficult? Yes, it was extremely difficult because um, at the time of the transition, my ex and I, we were going through quite a bit. We Mm -hmm. were like, you know, divorce was like imminent and it was, you know, we were fussing and fighting and arguing. Mm -hmm. So on top of transitioning from the NFL, I then had to figure out life for myself. So I went, you know, to a temp agency, which a very good friend of mine owned. And I said, hey, I'm going to need a job, you know. So my story, and that's why when people read about it in the book, they're like, wow, I had no idea. 
No, because you see the, the reality wives, you see the, the shows on TV and, you know, they go through divorce and then they're still walking in red bottoms, sipping wine and having a good time. That was not my story. <laughs> so I actually went to work and I went to work for this um, biotechnology company. And I actually worked there for 16 years and I did rotating shift work. That's 12 hours, either days or nights. And I did that for 16 years. So, yeah, so, so transitioning from NFL, going through a divorce, still raising because our children at the time was 9 and 11. So raising two children, trying to figure out life for me because Arthur, that's my um, ex-husband, Arthur Marshall, Arthur and I were still relatively young or pretty young when we were trying to raise them. So, you know, we're still trying to find ourselves, develop ourselves, grow, you know, into the people that we were created to be. So, yeah, it was it was a difficult time for me. But I will say that every year of that transition, it, you know, it inspired the reality to rags to riches. Because, you know, reality, I talk about just all of the stuff that I've gone through, that I continue to go through, that actually helps me to be a lot stronger with the rags and the riches. The rags, of obviously, that's the down, that's the valleys. That's everything that has um, kind of, you know, tripped me up or hindered me, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then the riches is everything that um, money cannot buy. You know, those aren't true treasures to me. So I talk about, you know, really getting into um, more time, spending more time with my family, with my loved ones, with friends, fostering really, really important um, relationships. Mm -hmm. So those are the riches. So it just, you know, that transition was the catalyst for everything that is happening to me now as far as me being able to be a motivational presenter you know writing books being a creative content consultant you know it's created this fabulous woman that's in front of you <laughs> love it absolutely love it um i appreciate you sharing that stuff with me you know and before uh I tried to kill me and my ex-fiance in a car wreck uh back in 2018 we ended up being homeless in vegas for five months uh, you know, we were, we're both recovering drug addicts and alcoholics and then we relapse, blah, 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 end up in Vegas, homeless. So like 2018 basically just sucked for us. <laughs> like totally, um, you know, I relapsed again and then we got back to Montana, yada, yada, yada. She's still in jail or wherever. I don't know. She's, I don't talk to her anymore. Okay. <laughs> Which is the best thing in my life. But now like because of that experience, um, like all of that year, I'm just like, okay, what is my purpose? My, well, my purpose is, you know, like I can overcome this stuff. Like it doesn't matter what, you know, I'm a high school dropout who started his own business and then yada, 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 relapse and stuff happens. Um, right. But, you know, I, I love hearing and connecting with people all over the world of different backgrounds, different, different countries, different whatever. And, you know, they all have that same process. That's right to hear i mean to heal and then with that healing they're helping somebody else and i just think that's beautiful that's right hey i always sign my books or when i'm trying to really i guess inspire someone i always tell them shine bright because the world needs your light the world needs all of our light you know um, it's not just about having a few over here that can prosper and that can do good and be good. I, you know, that's not it because even those people have gone through something, you mm -hmm. know, or, or still are going through some mm -hmm. things because, you know, all of us, it's a process. Every person, every prominent person that I've ever had the opportunity to sit at the feet of have said the same thing. Like you have to get used to um you know to failing not being a failure but to failing or mm -hmm. to having you know having things not go your way or having things trip you up in life and it's okay i think when it not becomes okay is when you uh when you don't face it because mm -hmm. for me yeah you know my life hasn't been a yellow brick road and there's a lot of stuff that i've done but now being able to share that with my children my godchildren my grandchildren anybody that wants to hear me bump my gums and talk <laughs> you know i think that that's a, a beautiful thing not in particular that i made the wrong decision or made a bad choice but you know being able to tell them okay yeah i took this particular role didn't fare well with me but then this is how i got back on track because that's the beauty of it you know my grandmother used to always say you can't tell anybody something that you haven't been through Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, to be able to just talk about the highs and the lows of 
of self-esteem, anxiety, depression, valuing yourself, loving yourself. I mean, it's just, it's great. I mean, I have the best, I have the best purpose in the entire world, <laughs> the best purpose. And that is to really just inspire people, you know, to, uh, for them to be inspired to implement things into their life. So then, you know, they can reach back and help somebody else too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Man, I'm, Love your energy right now. I love the, the, the words that are coming out of your mouth. You some more to Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It's, it's like almost, it's so dark and not dark, but it looks like it's just the clouds are dark and it's just a bad day. I went and, uh, went and sat on the tanning bed before this interview because I was just feeling down and out and it's cold. You're trying to make yourself all handsome and stuff there, Robert. You're handsome. I see you. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm. <clears throat> so when like you already had like the, you know, the fame life or whatever, um, as the NFL. And then when you're going out and like signing books, being on book tours, was that a challenge for you? No, because I actually love people. So, you know, I'm personable. I don't meet any strangers and I really, I don't look at it as, book tours or book signings or speaking engagements or events. I just look at it as I am really going to interact with people and to inspire people. Like one of my models, I usually sign off. I do it as a hashtag is I speak and I share to impact, to improve, not mm. to impress. Yes. So I think mm -hmm. when you have that mindset, it puts you in a different category because I mean, like I'm mingling, I'm interacting with everyone. We're hugging, we're talking, you know, as if I've, I've known them for, for some time. So no, it's just, it's not difficult because everything that I'm doing now, I love. Now I don't love everything, all the, the cons about it, obviously, but you know, even still, like I would not trade what I'm doing for the world. I had another interviewer ask me, say, Hey, um, Angela, if you could be anybody in the world, who would you want to be? And I said, me, <laughs> I want to be me when I grow up, you know, because, or as I continue to grow, because I absolutely love me. I love this Angela. And this is the first time in my life where I can say that with conviction. And I can say that with confidence because, you know, I've grown so much now, again, I have, you know, I fall down, I have pitfalls, I have, low moments where I'm like, oh my God, and I pulled a cover over my head and I'm like, ah, oh, the problem's still there. <laughs> but overall, just being as strong as I am now, um, meaning in, you know, my inner self, really focusing on my inner self, on getting my core, my mind right, so that I can just, you know, just really take over the world when it comes to my issues and my problems. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be, you know, that third little pinky in the brain to look, <laughs> the little uh, cartoon. What are we going to do today? We're going to take over the world. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I think that the person that I am today is definitely a joy, a joyful, a peaceful, just a loving person who, you know, I just want, if I can't help you, I'm definitely not going to do any harm to you. Yeah. Love it. Love it. <clears throat> Do you have like three things that helped you get to where you are today mentally? Yes. yes. The first one, the first and most important meditation of some sort. Now people look at that as, Ooh, you know, is that like this outer body experience or whatnot? No, you know, meditation to me, it, it's different things to different people, mm -hmm. but to me, it's just me quieting or, or making my mind be still. Mm -hmm. So then I can have the clarity to not only make good choices, but things that I were choices that I haven't done that weren't, um, that aren't so good. I can make them right. Mm -hmm. So meditation has done wonders. I've been doing it now for mm, about three years now, and it has totally transformed my life. Most like, definitely. I mean, it, it really has. So meditation would be the first thing. The second thing, really aligning myself with people that um, help me to be a better me. Mm -hmm. You know, getting all of the riffraff or all of the, uh, and I'm gonna use this. I'm gonna use this a little loosely because I'm trying to to train my words to be really positive, more positive okay. and not negative. So, you know, I feel like there are levels and I'm not saying that, that, that the levels are up or down. You know, I just feel like there's different levels that people mm -hmm. are on 
And I want to align myself with those people that where the level, the level that I'm on for my life, you know, we're just really trying to encourage and empower and help each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's meditation. That's making sure you have good links. That's one, one of my other hashtags too. my um, inspirational quotes that I say, you know, make sure your circle has links, not kinks. There's a difference. <laughs> so making sure you surround yourself okay. with good people. Yeah. Links, it. not kinks. So like um, that would be two. And then the third thing would probably be, ooh, I mean, and then the most important thing would be self-care, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that you're pumping a lot of just affirmations and confirmations into yourself, noticing you, um, taking time out for you, you know, inspiring yourself, encouraging yourself. You know, I think the world, as I mentioned earlier in, in your show, a lot of the abnormals have become normal. And a lot of normals, you know, people try to make it abnormal. But that's not being selfish. And that's not, you know, being vain just to really take time out for yourself or to make yourself feel good because we do it for other, for other people. So why not ourselves? You know, so when people stop neglecting themselves, you become like this, um, this person who can actually be of service and be in service to others. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are the three things that the, you know, uh, the first three bullet points are the three journeys that I took, the path that I took to helping me be the person that I am today. Love it. Love it. You know, I, I do meditation. I try and do meditation at least once a day, at least, yes. even if it's two minutes mm-hmm. to 20 minutes. And I like the Vipassana method. I just focus on my breath and yes. observe my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And when I don't do that, Oh my gosh. I am like, nobody (laughs) wants, yeah. Nobody wants to be around Robert. Um, I'm not a very spiritual person at all. Correct. And I don't like behaving that way. Right. And I have to come back and like, Oh yeah, I haven't meditated in a week. Mm-hmm. let's get back to well, that. Well, I try to do it three times a day. I do it in the morning. Like I, I intentionally get up earlier so that I can do it. Like you said, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Sometimes it's two to five minutes. It just depends, but just to make your mind be quiet before you start your day. Mm-hmm. I do it at lunch from, at some point. Um, you know, again, just kind of disconnecting from things that I have to do my list. And then I mm-hmm. do it at night before I go to bed. But I, I'm like you. I can tell the difference when I don't do it. I'm like this monster. <laughs> yeah. I would never guess that there's a monster over there. Oh well. Man. <laughs> I fooled you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love your so, energy. Yeah, and I understand because my name is Angela, so a lot of people automatically think angel, angel with an A. Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. <laughs> oh do you have uh you said that you meditate in the morning like what else do you do in the morning do you have a morning routine i do absolutely so i meditate and then i go into prayer for myself for my family for my friends for just kind of setting the tone for my day what i want um what i want to see so i do affirmations i do a lot of i am's whatever that is whatever i want to be for that day and whatever i want to send out for my children i have two amazing um adult children god children grandchildren each one of them i i do my own little personal i am for them you know to kind of set the tone just to send some some good energy out their way i have my to-do list i start that and then you know everything else so that's usually about maybe the first hour and a half, two hours of my day, then I start with the electronics. So then that will be emails. That will be, you know, my phone, just sending out, uh, being a blessing, sending out different text messages and, and whatnot. So yeah, uh, basically it's just meditation, is affirmations, and then I just kind of jump into everything else where there's meetings and whatnot. But the most important is just to get me right because if I can't get me right, I, I can't get me balanced or centered. Everything else is going to be off. Everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the morning routine just consists of that. And then, of course, you know, the other hygiene things to keep me looking fabulous. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> well, you're doing <laughs> excellent job on that part. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> is it, do you have a nightly routine? So the nightly routine is more, more of the same. The only thing is, is that it is in reverse. Mm -hmm. So once I get home, I look at my list. I try to make sure that I've done at least 80%, at least 80%. And I've gotten pretty good. Now, before I used to 
gosh, I used to fail horrifically at it. I mean, I would have this list of like 12 to 15 things and barely get five things done, but I was not as proactive and productive. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't, you know, I, I had not set these rut- routines in place either. Because when you set a routine in place, you automatically start to value your time. And so you notice, you recognize people that are trying to eat away at it mm-hmm. or things that are eating. And you just start removing. You start deleting. You start mm-hmm. replacing. Yeah. So for the nighttime, more the same, coming in, you know, checking off my list, seeing if I can squeeze a little bit more things in there <laughs> to get done. And if not, then I just have to move it for the next day, do the meditation, make sure that my family members, my friends, um, you know, my business partners know that I love them, you know, love them to life. Mm-hmm. Just in case my eyes don't wake up or I don't wake up the next day. I want everybody <laughs> for everybody to know. I just, I, I call it settling, making yeah. sure that I'm settled and that they're settled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do that. And then it just depends. Now, Sundays are usually my day where I binge watch on TV, <laughs> TV. So the things that I've DVR, I will then, you know, just kind of go through those. But usually throughout the week is very rare that I will turn the tube on. But, you know, I do, do the same thing, meditate and, and go to bed. Now, you know, what varies is the time. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'm in bed by like 10, other times it may be 1 a.m. And then I have to turn around and get back up at 445, 5 o'clock. But um, that's that's few and far. I know a lot of people, you know, they say, oh, well, you got to forego sleep. I don't, you know, this, this beauty needs her rest. So we gonna get our sleep. <laughs> totally, totally. I like, there's no point of only getting two hours of sleep every night. Yeah. Like, you got to do what you got to do. But if you're not at your best, then you're being a disservice on whoever you're being, whoever you're serving. Absolutely. And, and I am, that's for me. Like I know how I operate best and it's not on two hours of sleep. I have no. to get a little more than that. And then I also know, you know, like I know what works for me. So I think that a lot of the self-help and, and people get that confused because even with my book, like I said, you know, I'm not speaking for all NFL wise. I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, well, what's your, your physical fitness? What's your regimen? Remember, that's the key word. That's my regimen. So mm-hmm. how I'm able to keep my body a certain way, you may not be able to do that, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't think that there's like this, you know, one size fits all. Yeah, totally. You have to, you know, you have to contour. You've got to cater it towards you and, you know, towards your body and, and, and your mind for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, two hours of sleep would not do me <laughs> do me any good whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> Besides, you know, speaking, signing books, being a grandma. What do you like to do in your free time? In my free time, uh, so I actually love to dance. So from time to time, I have a couple of, of friends that own different spots in different places. So I will go frequent those. I am also, um, I like to do videos. So I do these inspirational, entertaining and empowerment videos where I actually dance. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course I'll drop some inspirational nuggets yeah. as well, but I do. I love dancing. I love reading. Um, and then I love to travel. Haven't done a whole lot of that on a, uh, just a leisure level is, you know, mostly been for business. So I got to get back into that. You know, that's yeah. one of the things that for 2020, I'm like, okay, we, you know, I, I know I had to set a lot of groundwork. I had to sacrifice a lot mm-hmm. for the business and I'm still, and I still plan on doing that, but I'm going to be a lot more dedicated to getting some leisure time in there too, because I do, I love going different places. And I will say this one newfound thing, um, is podcast shows yeah. like interacting with the host and the radio shows and stuff. I mean, it's just been amazing. Yeah. It's been amazing. So yeah, those totally. are things that I like to do. Right on. What type of books do you, you like to read? I, I am eclectic. So like I'm all over the place. The last two books that I read, and I don't know how deep you are into, um, you know, like motivational or inspirational people, but Billy Allsbrooks, have you heard of him? No, I have not. Okay. You need to YouTube him or look him up. He has an amazing book. It's called Blessed and Unstoppable. And it's not, you know, this religious book. It is, um, you know, definitely mind conscious, soul consciousness. It is um, is upbeat. And he's just a phenomenal, um, unsung, I guess, speaker, if you would. So I read his book. And then I also am a fa- uh, uh, one of my favorite is Howard Behar, and he was 
former president of Starbucks. And he has this book out and it's called, it's not about the coffee. So, I mean, I'm an avid reader. Okay. I read a, Yeah, I read a lot of stuff. I, I even read, you know, other stuff, different genres of books. So it's not just that one. Some of the names I can't say on your podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> podcast. But they've helped me. I will say this name, and I'm sure you know this one, Tom Bilyeu. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. yes. He is. So yeah. you can imagine, because he has this one um, saying where he says, um, F you, chin up, buttercup. <laughs> so, you know, it's different stuff like that that I read to really just um, release that lion or release that power within me to just make me stop pointing at everybody else and looking outside with excuses and whatever else and, and look at me and just really repair me. Because ultimately, I'm the only one that, that controls, you know, that I can control. I can't control anybody else. So I read, I mean, I read different, different books. I have uh, other friends that are authors. Their things help me. Um, their books help me tremendously. So yeah, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an avid reader, definitely. Yes. Oh, and then let me say this. I'm a taste tester for my friends that love to cook because I don't really do a lot of cooking. <laughs> so I am like a renowned, that's on my resume too. So I'm like a renowned taste tester. So you know, anybody want me to taste something for them? Nah, I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. <clears throat> what was your most, uh, you know, significant time living the NFL life? The most significant time. Hmm. I, you know, I had one other young lady ask me something similar. And it's sad to say, Robert, but I don't really think that there is a a significant time for me like I really another hashtag that I have is live vicariously through yourself and see for a lot of times I wasn't I was living mm -hmm. vicariously through others so yeah, anytime totally. that my um, ex you know when he was uplifted or he was being recognized or honored anytime my children our children were because they were really young then so they were in a lot from sports to ballet to I mean we had them in a lot of stuff so I really just kind of, really kind of lived through them during the NFL time. It wasn't so much as myself. I mean, I met some amazing people. We went amazing places. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, you know, that was all great. But honestly, I really, I really can't say that, um, you know, there was, I, I, I can't, I mean, I can't pinpoint, you know, a time that was like the most relevant or the yeah. most, you know, the awe. Like, I can't, like, if you ask me that now, I, I can like, Bam, bam, bam. How many yeah, do you want? <laughs> totally, totally. But, but I'm in a different headspace and in a different mind space um, also. Right on. I think that's pretty humble. Like you were in living that lifestyle that not a lot of people get to. And okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> do you, you think it's hard to uh, raise children in that environment? Yes, it is extremely hard. Why do you I, think that? Well, just from the notoriety from, oh, I will say this too, because I know one thing that I'm still kind of um, talking with my son about, now our son is 31. Mm -hmm. So when he was in, the, when we went through uh, the league, he was, little Arthur was like three or four to uh, up to age like nine. So um, one thing I know is that the pressure from other people feeling like he should be his dad or he should be automatically be this sports athlete like his dad, so we kind of went through that when he would play sports, you know, he would feel a little, you know, a little anxiety there. Um, but then just raising them to be humble, to be, you know, compassionate children. Yeah, I think in a world that really celebrates, um, you know, materialistic things, yeah, if you know that you've got every system at the time, it was like PlayStation, Nintendo, yeah. Xbox, mm -hmm. known to man, you know, and your friends, you know, some of your friends or family members don't, you know, I think you can get that chest puffed, you know, have the, uh, you know, maybe the chest puffed out, uh, feeling like you're more entitled. But, you know, I, I did, a, I will pat myself on the back for that. Well, me and my husband, my ex-husband, um, you know, we, we raised them to be very, very humble and to be very... Um, you know, be very kind, mm -hmm. you know, regardless. So, but yeah, it is, it's, it's difficult. And then not only that, whenever we would attend some of the games, you always had fans 
that would say stupid stuff yeah, <laughs> around totally. you. Because even though we were in a section for for family, you know, sometimes they would give the tickets to other people or whatnot yeah. and they would utilize. And so if he dropped a pass or if he did something that, you know, that they would say different stuff about him or reading certain things about him in a newspaper. So yeah, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Do you think now with how technology is and all the social media platforms and podcasts and whatever else, do you think being a wife of the NFL player or an ex-wife of an NFL player is a lot more harsh than it was 30 years ago? I think it's the same, to be honest. It's the only difference is, is that people get it faster, okay. you know, or, yeah. or you can be plastered over, you know, different social media outlets. But mm. no, I don't think that it was, you know, heightened back then or that it's more heightened now. I think it's just all equal. I believe that, you know, you can't please everybody and somebody's always going to have something to say, you know. So, and that's what I live by. And that's why when I put things out there, I do interviews or, you know, um, just different stuff that I share and I, and, and um, you know, I use to, as my platform, I don't even worry about it anymore now because, again, I already know for every third person or three people that say, oh, it was great, you know, there's going to be like four that's going to say, oh, it sucked, <laughs> you know, and it's okay because it's not supposed to resonate. What I'm doing is not supposed to resonate with everybody. I've you know, yeah. living in a fairy tale world if I thought that. Yeah. But you know, I just for those that that do get it and that it does help, that's all I'm worried about. I'm not worried about any of the negativity or doubt at all. Totally. Totally. Love it. <clears throat> so got a couple last questions for you. Okay. One, where can people find you? Okay. Um, so I'm on every social media platform known to man facebook ig linkedin twitter not so much as twitter but you know we're gonna start that start that back up but if you just if they google angela marshall augusta georgia or the story and life of an ex nfl wife also i have a personal website which is www.inotherwordsbystone.com they can you know send me messages they can even call me that's a little unusual they can call me also and i and i actually do return and respond <laughs> to phone calls good bad or otherwise you know so um that's where where they can find me love it love it awesome so if you could tell the younger version of yourself one thing what would it be i would say don't worry so much have fun you know um there are there are those i guess there are the crosses, um, you know, that's, that we must bear, certain things that we must get into, or I guess, you know, certain consequences that we have to shield or, or we have to yield to as a child and, you know, young adult, just different things that's gonna shape us and form us to be the person that eventually we were created to be. But I would just say, have fun, have fun, because I think somewhere along the way, I got so, um so intense and so i don't know just turned into something that i was not and i lost the fun i lost the laughter i lost the life i lost the light of myself so i would just tell my younger self take a chill pill it's gonna be all right have fun you know um don't uh don't be so so harsh or, or so down on yourself and I guess the other, the, the most important thing would, would be just telling them, listen, understand that life is to be lived, live it full, live it free, live it fueled, and, you know, just, just be fulfilled with absolutely who you are. That's awesome. Uh, you were talking about where you, like, lost the light. Like, why do you think that happened? That's a good question, Robert. You know, I like I guess the more interviews, the more opportunity that I'm that I'm able to speak about my life, I find out a little bit more about myself. That's crazy, isn't it? Because y'all are interviewing me as if I have all of the as if I have all of the information, but certain things make me actually take a step back and I'm like, "Wow." You know, um so I'm still learning myself. So I I, I don't know because I know as a little girl 
I definitely had it. I had the light and the life and the joy and the love and the laughter. And just somewhere along the way, um, I don't know, but I promise you when I find out, I'll get back in touch with you and let you know. <laughs> don't I know, it. but I got it now. <laughs> there you go. You are rocking it. That's amazing. I am shining now. That's for sure. Can't dim my shine. Not going to put it out. Never. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So what's your message to the world? Message to the world. Ooh, that's a good one there, Robert. You're making me really reach back behind to think about that one. Um, okay. That, oh, that would be success is a dish served only to the bowl. So you got to be bold. You got to be brave. But in order to be those things, you got to be you. Ooh, how about Ooh, that? <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> man. That's right. Love In order it. to be bold, to be brave, to be successful, to be, you know, whatever it is that you want, to be wealthy, to be healthy, to be whole, to be complete, you got to be you. Yeah. I love it. Love yeah. it. Right on, Angela. Well, thank you for your time. Thank this you. This has been amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll talk to, well, I'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? Man, that was an exciting episode, wasn't it? Hope you guys learned a lot. Please, again, go rate and review this on your listing platforms. I would very much appreciate it. But today, I want to talk to you about Tyler Michael Chauncey. She is the founder of Create Athletes. What is Create Athletes? Well, originally it was to create strong women, but now... It's still to create strong women. You know, she's leveling up and becoming an even better personal trainer. And she has a special right now. She wants five new people. Only five. And you could be one of those five to lose 10 pounds in the next 30 days. If you have any other fitness goals, find her on Instagram at T. Y L U E R underscore M I K A L underscore C H A N C Y. Let her know that you're listening to this podcast and you need the best personal trainer. So go out, find her on Instagram. Let her know that Robert DeLude sent you. You know, she'll have you fill out a form, go through the process. And if you just want some amazing gym gear, she also has that too. The Create hoodies are so comfortable. Um, I, Yeah, I honestly wear it pretty much every day. So it's amazing and I love it. If I could sleep in it without getting too sweaty, I probably would. So anyways, thank you again for tuning in today and uh, I'll talk to you soon.